Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Noam Rosenthal. Did I get close on your name? Correct. It's Noam. Noam. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Do you want to just uh, give a brief introduction to who you are, where you work? Yes, of course. I would love to. Um, so I've been uh, in the front-end JavaScript world for a little over 20 years. Uh, currently, I'm uh, at the end of my tenure at uh, Wix.com, uh -huh. which was a, has been a great ride. Uh, working on the Wix viewer, which is uh, what goes to um, all the Wix uh, websites, um, dealing mainly with uh, loading performance and mobile and uh, everything between JavaScript and CSS. And lots of uh, heavy duty React. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I started many years ago uh, in like those small dot com startups in the 90s, uh, doing little uh, uh, rounded corners with a nine, with a nine cell tables and. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, with no Ajax, we were doing like those iframes that were posting to the par that were reloading and the posting to the parent. Uh huh. Uh, it was a great time uh, writing different sites for Netscape, for Netscape and for Internet Explorer uh, right. three. Yeah, that's kind of how I started. It was HTML, CSS being new. Um, how, how did you get into programming in the first place? I think my first uh, my first encounter with programming, I was about seven, uh -huh. and uh, my big brothers uh, were showing me how to uh, uh, draw using a, a program called Plot with GW Basic on Sinclair. Okay. Um, and then I was learning Pascal and trying to uh, create little games with my brother. Um, I, after that, my, my first uh, real professional programming job was at my community, like a kibbutz. Uh -huh. we, they decided to start a little startup in the dot-com time, and um, they just knew I was kind of, you know, as I say, good with computers. Mm -hmm. So they said, hey, oh, you're good with computers. Why don't you go learn HTML? That's the thing right now. So I did that. And that's kind of how I started going into the, into the business. Nice. 
yeah, it's, it's fun to just dive in and be like, oh, you know, I remember way back when I got into this or that, you know? So yeah, when you were a kid and your, you know, your brothers get you into programming and yeah, you know, you kind of look back on that, that kind of thing. I mean, I remember getting into HTML in the nineties. I was in uh, junior high and high school here in the United States, but yeah, it was just, you know, it, it was cool. It was fun. And yeah, now I get paid to do it. <laughs> exactly. So you, you got into web development in the nineties. Um, mm -hmm. How, how have things changed <laughs> over the last, what, 20, 30 years? Yes. Um, it, it's funny that some things changed and some things didn't at all. Right. Um, the things that changed is that, I would say one thing that changed is that information is a lot more available. It's true not mm -hmm. only for web development, but for everything, um, for learning how to play music, for growing vegetables, for history. Well, back then, a lot of the things we figure out for, the, for ourselves, uh, knowledge wasn't that much shared. Um, so that's one, one uh, big thing that uh, have changed. Um, also, the web environment is a lot more mature. Right. It's, kind of, it's kind of obvious to say that, but it's, uh, but it's the truth. And um, uh, where, where I feel today, uh, kind of, I get those phantom pains back to what was in the 90s is when I have to uh, adapt the site to Internet Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of reminds me of those days where we had to have those uh, Netscape and Explorer versions for everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, where nothing was compatible. Um, the dev tools don't work. Uh, you have to, to, to have a whole bunch of alerts to know what's going on. Right. Um, so w when I go back there, that, that feels um, a lot like back then. Mm -hmm. uh, also, one thing that's interesting about that time versus today uh, are a few techniques that were really great and are kind of lost today. Um, that's kind of the flip side of it. Back then, HTML was a lot more of a content delivery thing right. than a web application. So, uh, and it was much more connected with the HTTP protocol. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, things like uh, chunked, uh, chunked responses, which the browsers are very good at, uh, rendering, rendering progressively with chunked responses. It things that almost uh, is gone. You don't see it that much anymore in the web, on the web. Mm -hmm. And it was a big thing back then. Um, and I had had the chance to to use that at Wix and uh, improve loading performance using that uh, um, that technology. So I was like, um, "Oh, the '90s, the '90s are back, kind of from the back door." Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grunge back, uh, music, background music for that. <laughs> right. So, you know, you've kind of been through a lot of this. You've seen a lot of this. Um, when we were talking before the show and you actually sent me a, uh, an email 
and, and kind of described your, uh, your experience, it looks like you've kind of moved through a bunch of other spaces. Uh, you mentioned C++, C++ yeah. mobile, um, TVs, browsers, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So do you kind of want to walk us right. through some of the things that you've done? Yes, sure. Um, so after, my, uh, after the dot-com crash of 2001, mm -hmm. um, it was kind of hard to find uh, jobs in, uh, in software, so I went to play bass professionally for a while, but after that... <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. It was a fun time, I miss it. Um, I, got a, I got a C++ job, uh, in uh, mobile development, we were building a um, mobile OS uh, here in Israel. Uh, and I was uh, in the team that was doing the UI framework part. Uh, the, the what so framework? Oh, the UI the framework. Right, user interface. Yep. Uh, in that world, they called it MMI, but it doesn't really matter. Like my machine interface. Um, uh -huh. So I learned a lot about um, low-power devices. This was a, a um, that that was a, an operating system that was supposed to work on a 16 megabyte RAM, right? Uh, with the only very simple rasterization for graphics, uh, bitmap fonts, like the uh -huh. smallest possible way of doing things, and. It ended up shipping and working in uh, uh, satellite phones, in those very, very low-powered satellite phones. Um, I, I learned a lot about efficiency and um, uh, how to work with, with very little space. Uh, from there, I went to a few startups and uh, ended up working for Nokia via a few purchases. Right. Acquisitions. Um, uh, at Nokia, I worked on a C++ UI framework uh, called uh, Qt or Qt. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very popular C++ framework. Um, I learned a lot, a lot about APIs and about working on the different Linux systems. Um, and uh, during the time there, I got more and more involved with the browser engines. So Qt was a, a way to deliver browser engines to the embedded Linux world. Okay. And so uh, we were actually looking at how to make the TV world use more of that browser engine in Qt. Uh, at that time, the TV world was very heavily invested in Flash. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, do you remember the time where Netflix were using this HTML5 engine to deliver their TV UI? They had a time like that. I don't know if you're... Uh, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with exactly their path through different technologies. Okay. Uh, they were talking... So they had an HTML5 period. So that was uh, in coordination with us and with the work... Uh, Mm -hmm. I was doing there. I was learning a lot about how to put browsers on TVs and how, and also how to write the JavaScript code that would work well on those uh, on those embedded devices, right? Uh, which have a 
low memory usually. Low memory was usually the biggest problem. Um, low memory, but a very good uh, graphics acceleration. Okay. Um, so during the time I worked on WebKit and I became like a, a reviewer on the WebKit project. Uh, who is not familiar with that, WebKit is the browser engine of Safari and back then it was the browser engine of Chrome as well. Um, yep. Isn't Chrome still WebKit? No, Chrome has uh, switched as a fork from WebKit in uh, oh, okay. 2013 and they're, they're their own engine based on the same original code base. Okay. Uh, uh, I was doing a lot of graphics uh, work with, uh, at the time, so I learned about how all those CSS animations and all those little things, how they work internally in the browser. Right. Because I had to implement implement a solution for them uh, for phones and for uh, embedded devices, mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up uh, being in a small team that wrote a browser for Nokia as well. Um, it was the Migo browser. There was one Migo phone called the N9 at Nokia. Uh huh. Right before uh, the Microsoft uh, acquisition thing. And I was in this little tiger team that was building that browser. And uh, I learned so much about the web back then, about how you can break sites with, with a browser. Right. And how, how everything works, how to make things fast. Uh, yeah, I, I worked on other more C++ uh, roles after that. But uh, when I came back to Israel, I wanted to work for a like a good Israeli company, and um, yeah, I came into Wix, which is like a, this large-scale, successful uh, web right web uh, company. Um, so I went straight back into front, and and um, I was leading the mobile team in the beginning. Um, uh, we have this great solution at Wix for. Uh, automatically converting a desktop sites to mobile optimized sites. So I was uh, uh, improving on that part and uh, uh, then got deep into the world of uh, server-side rendering with React and uh, uh, very, very aggressive um, techniques of uh, making sites load faster. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think altogether with the projects that I was part of and with the teams I was part of, we we made sites load, loads um, several dozens of percentage better. Cool. So yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you've kind of uh, been through this journey where you worked on mobile interfaces, you've worked on TV interfaces, a lot of that involved web technologies, you worked on browsers, you've worked on mobile browsers. So. I'm curious, how does all of this in the way that we have started using web technologies in more places than just sort of traditional websites, how does that uh, influence the way that you look at web development today? Yeah, you know, so, something that I was, I've changed my view on this several times. Because uh, in like two, 2011, 12, there was this uh, web versus native 
Mm -hmm. started this whole fight of web versus native and it's still kind of going on though in a different way um back then i was a huge um uh how do you say it? ambassador for web web only web right um i mainly never liked it that uh, for using some sort of service i have to download uh, download something and identify uh, I always like the democratic uh, democratic approach of the web that anybody can post something online right and, um, everybody else can consume it um, and uh, during that time I was trying to push a lot for using web technologies for apps uh, and for many years it totally failed right. Um, trying to uh, to do a forward-looking advancement in the UI together with the standard-based technologies was too, was not in sync with the um, uh, in terms of times, time to market and delivery and how the technology progresses. It's, it's just not in sync. So I think I'm less uh, zealous zealous about it. Like fanatic uh, today, um, I'm more looking into uh, how how web is more like a content delivery platform, how it can, it can be the best content delivery platform, and how uh, content-based applications can benefit from things like PWA, uh, right? Uh, rather than trying to uh, coerced web technologies to being a technology for full-blown apps. Yep. And I think that that influenced my view of the web. And um, I think my experience with uh, native development taught me a lot about uh, just in general programming and memory management, efficiency, and stability like in uh, in typed systems like uh, c++ a lot of stability comes from uh, uh, how you structure your code statically how, how to how to approach problems by going deeper into the stack mm -hmm. so for example a few times at twix i got to the point where there was a browser specific bug and i downloaded the code of the browser to step to put a breakpoint in a C++ code to find out what the actual browser bug was and uh, either try to fix it or at least uh, uh, understand it enough to write a small test case or to, uh, or to write a workaround. I was able to write right. a workaround for browser bugs by debugging the browser and understanding what that, the problem actually mm -hmm. is. Yeah, I think that, that, that was... Uh, that was a nice benefit. Again. That's cool. So what are you working on now? So uh, right now I'm actually wrapping up. Um, uh, I'm uh, wrapping up at uh, Wix. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm uh, finishing some things I've started before. Uh, I've lately started using um, the web component start standard. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, together with React, I mean, um, 
and uh, together with the team, we're using the web component standards to um, uh, also to improve loading performance. Like uh, we're putting the tiny bit of JavaScript that needs to load very, very quickly for the user experience to lo load as part of uh, web components so that it can respond to server rendered uh, HTML. It's actually an interesting technique I hope to uh, uh, communicate, uh, communicate about it to the world. I don't know how, how much we can get into today. Let you lead that. Yeah, it sounds interesting. What we may want to do is just pull that into like React Roundup or one of our more JavaScript focused mm -hmm. uh, podcasts and see if there's something there that we can build on. Sure. That's really cool. So you, you said that you're wrapping up at Wix. Um, yeah. th does that mean that you were only planning on staying there for a certain amount of time or you're moving on to no. something else now or? No, I really love the company. Uh -huh. and, uh, I'm super grateful for being there for the three years that I worked there. And um, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, independence, to being an independent consultant. Oh, and, gotcha. Uh, uh, teaching, uh, solving problems, taking little projects, maybe doing more open source. Cool. Um, and living. <laughs> Yeah. Living yep, absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, that's one of the other things that I try and highlight on this show is just, um, you know, what, what is it like to, to live your life? You know, what is it like in, in, a, in a day of your life? What is it like? To, what is a day of my life like? Yeah. Like just a regular day. Wow. I haven't had a, day, a regular day in five years. <laughs> you know, if most people are being honest, that's probably true of most of us. You yeah. know, we, we have a few things that are settled and a lot of things that really aren't. Yeah. Um, so in my regular day, um, well, right now my regular days are still about uh, going to work in the morning. Right. Um, during now, I usually go to work by a very short bus ride or a bike ride on the beach. Uh huh. Um, Where in Israel do you uh, live? Here. I live uh, right on the beach in Tel Aviv. Oh, in Tel Aviv, okay. Yeah, and uh, Wix is a uh, is also right on the beach, like uh, okay, a mile and a half here. Um, so it's like this beautiful beautiful boardwalk ride there and back. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, I get the coffee in one of the cute cafes around here. And usually at work, I have uh, some of my own tasks and also I mentor other people. And right. By code reviewing, by uh, soundboarding and uh, brainstorming. So by discuss, product discussions, by uh, architecture reviews. And right. So that, that's kind of what I do most of the day there. The rest of my day has so, many, so much stuff going on. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm also a musician. So right now, uh, our band is working on a new album. And right. 
Our band is uh, Lost Highways. Check us out. We have this great Wix site, losthighwaysmusic.com. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm also uh, currently producing the new songs for the band, and I'm playing bass there. So right now my days revolve a lot around that because it's coming. I personally go a lot to uh, all kinds of festivals, like Burning Man style festivals. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I like building stuff for them, like making music for them or building little Arduino things. Right. um, So sometimes I do that um, or help organize things like that. Um, That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, really build crazy stuff sometimes. Um, yeah, last year I was teaching myself electronics so I can build those little amateur projects. Uh huh. Um, I'm also like uh, going into a lot of those uh, uh, more spiritual spiritual journeys. Right. Myself, like uh, meditation and. Uh, uh, mind body uh, style workshops I do those a lot right uh, so um, that's what I mean by living <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of stuff going on yeah. cool um, man it sounds like there's so much stuff to talk about and I just I, I kind of want to get you on JavaScript Jabber or on like I said on React Roundup or something and just kind of dive into some of that stuff there Um, so I'm probably going to push that off. Um, the the last segment of the show is picks and that is just stuff that you want to shout out about. So if you have a favorite TV show or, uh, books or tech tools or frameworks or anything like that, um, if, if people are looking for that kind of thing, where do they go uh, to get that from you? Or I kind of mix that up, but do you have some things you want to shout out about first? No, but let me, let me run in run a thread in my mind. All right, I'll go ahead and jump in with some picks then and you can think about it while I'm talking. Uh, actually, actually, yeah, I would, uh, I would uh, recommend people uh, that are into the JavaScript world to learn another language. Okay. I would say in today's world, maybe TensorFlow. Ooh, yeah. I would say... Uh, Open your open your mind to other things that are that are totally in a different place. TensorFlow uh-huh. or uh, Rustlang. Yeah. One other thing I would give a shout out to is Shader Toy. Uh huh. Shader Toy is a place where you can build those little WebGL shaders. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I I used it a lot to learn. Uh, what the heck I'm doing with with shaders when I started. Uh, with the graphics world, right? Um, so those are those are a few picks uh, for JavaScript-oriented uh, people. Could be that Rust Rustlang would be a good. Yep. Uh, would would be a good pick, and um, I would say learning an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I learned I learned so much from that uh, in programming. I'm also amazed at how many programmers I know who are musicians of one kind of another. Yeah. Right. They, they play some inter- instrument, some of them 
also, you know, sing or compose or, you know, yes. anyway, it's just interesting. Yeah. So uh, shout out for uh, ultimateguitartab.com. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I really recommend not staying, not staying in the comfort zone of what you have to do for your work. Right. Um, uh, also, um, uh, doing volunteer projects. I highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, I do, a, I do a lot of little ones. Like if there's an event I'm going to, I would volunteer for writing a little app for it. Yeah. So those, those are little picks. I'm not sure if that's exactly what you asked. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I mean, all of those things are definitely things that I think people should look at and consider. And so, uh, yeah, I, I like those as picks. I'm going to throw out a few things of my own. So uh, two of them are books that I've been uh, reading or listening to actually on Audible. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is called um, Sybil a Run. And it is the fourth book, I think, on the, of the Expanse series. So if you watch the okay. sci-fi series, Advanced, uh, The Expanse, of course, now uh, um, it's Amazon Prime has picked it up. So you can watch it all on Amazon Prime. Um, they were going to, I think, sci-fi was going to cancel it or something. And anyway, uh, Amazon okay. picked it up and it's, it's been really great. Um, but, uh, Sybil a burn, that's what it is. Sybil a burn. It's, uh, so they've done the first three books in the TV series and they've changed it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, so this is the fourth book and, uh, yeah, they haven't actually made that into TV episodes yet. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. The other, the other one that I'm, uh, that I recently listened to is called the several, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And okay. uh, if, if you're married, um, what's funny is, is my wife and I, we have this great marriage. I mean, we're just, we're happy together. We love spending time together. But this book um, kind of forced us to think about how our marriage works. And it was, it also forced us to answer some questions, um, you know, because it has, it has, um, it has exercises that you can go through with your, with your uh, spouse or partner. And so you just ask them these questions and talk about this stuff. And it's been interesting for us, you know, we're, we're not struggling with our marriage, but we're still gone through some of the exercises just to see what answers we get out of each other. And so mm -hmm. that's been really fun is just a, Oh, I didn't realize that, you know, that, that, that happened to you or that that affected you that way, or that you really enjoyed this or that you've always wanted that or, you know, and just, just things that, um, I either never knew or have changed over the last uh, 14 and a half years that we've been married. And so, yeah, so I'm going to recommend that as well. And uh, one last thing I'm going to pick is OBS and it's an online broadcast system and you can use it to stream out to, um, I've been using it to stream to Twitch, um, mm -hmm. but you can use it to stream to Facebook live or um, uh, YouTube or some of the other ones. And I've just been enjoying making videos. And so I'm probably actually going to pull together some, um, some series, some video series on how, you know, how to build certain things or make certain things. And I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing it um, sort of on things that I haven't done before. A lot of people do Twitch and, you know, they prep and then they go and, and do it. And I think I might just record myself learning how to do stuff. So I might do an... Uh, Amazon um, Alexa skill 
or I might do, um, you know, some IOT stuff that I haven't done before or home automation stuff, or, you know, maybe I'll go learn uh, react or view, you know, I'm fairly familiar with angular, but just things like that so that I can get, you know, get a feel for how that stuff works and then just go through the process. So it's not, Hey, here's how you do this. It's, here's the process we're going through to learn how to do this and, and just do some things like that on Twitch. So, you know, you'll get to see me make stupid mistakes in view and that's fine, you know, but yeah. So anyway, OBS is the system that I'm going to be using for that. So, and you can actually record and stream at the same time. So then you have a recorded video that you can post up later. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, those are good picks. Yep. Now, Noam, if people want to find you on the internet somewhere, where do they go? Uh, uh, Twitter, uh, real Noam, it's pretty easy. Uh-huh. Or uh, Noam R on GitHub. Uh, I'm also real Noam on uh, Medium. So it's, uh, uh, I actually had a few uh, CSS tips there that uh, beca became a bit popular. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I do have one more pick for you. Go ahead. So uh, it's a program called Rack. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, this uh, open source uh, modular synthesizer. Oh, cool. Uh, where you can uh, have those little, uh, little components and you have those little wirings, like uh, graphic wirings between them. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm using it to learn how synthesizers work but it can also be made to actually make music. Um, oh, cool. So I want a shout out for Rack. Sounds good. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, we'll get links to all of those in the show notes. If you can put the links in the chat, we'll just chat for a minute after we wrap up the show. But sure. uh, thank you for coming. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. We're going to wrap this up and we will be back next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.